Hey everyone, welcome to the Business Alabama podcast from Business Alabama Magazine. I'm Alec Harvey, Executive Editor of Business Alabama Magazine, and my guest today is Steve Olson, Senior Program Manager for Robinson Morton, the general contractor based in Birmingham. On this episode, Steve talks about Robinson Morton's nearly eight-decade history, including its extensive work with colleges and universities in the state and region. Please join me as I talk to Steve Olson on the Business Alabama podcast. Steve Olson, thank you for joining me today on the Business Alabama podcast. Alec, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Can we start with your story, where you're from, how you got to maybe leading up to Robbins and Morton, since we'll be talking a lot about Robbins and Morton? Okay, sure. Be happy to. So I actually grew up in northern Illinois, just west of Chicago, in a town called North Aurora. It was fun to live there as a kid. Even the wintertime, I played a lot of ice hockey growing up and uh, baseball in the summer. And so um, I went to, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Peoria, Illinois? Of course, yes. So I went to Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois, and uh, which is where I w- met my future wife. And I got a civil engineering degree there. And uh, as soon as we graduated from Bradley, we enjoyed the cold weather as, as kids, but uh, we got to warmer climates about as fast as we could. And in my, uh, my construction career actually took us to quite a few warmer destinations in, in the States and even around the world. And, and we, we just fell in love with Birmingham when we moved here uh, like 25 years ago. And uh, my wife has family in Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee. And so this was like coming home for her. And I can see why she likes it so much. Did you come, did, was Robinson Morton your first job here or, or was there time? Robinson Morton was my second job here. I actually came down, you, you probably uh, are old enough to remember when Rust Engineering and Construction was down on Highway 280 and uh, we lived in Meadowbrook and I worked for Rust Engineering initially and then I ended up coming over to uh, Robinson Morton after Rust was bought and sold and there was quite a few changes that happened then and and uh, this is actually my second time. I've recently returned back to Robbins and Morton about a year and a half ago. So I'm, I'm a two-timer at Robbins and Morton, and uh, it's it's my favorite company. I've worked for several in my career, and Robbins and Morton is a great company. And I'm glad to be back with them. Well, tell me about your time at Robbins and Morton, and let's include both stints. What what have you done there, and uh, what has been your trajectory there? Yeah, so 25 years ago. Uh, I, I joined Robbins and Morton, and you know Robbins and Morton as a company does a lot of commercial and healthcare and higher ed projects. And uh, normally, we're a general contractor or a construction manager at risk, we call it. Um, but 25 years ago, I came on to help advance a construction program management service offering, which, ironically, 25 years later, I came back to help them extend that construction program management service offering into the future. So it's great to be back. And, and in between, I was blessed to be uh, recruited to actually serve as senior executive at a couple other companies similar to Robbins and Morton in Oklahoma and Texas. So it's well, so fun. We to town and came back then. So yeah, we, we got back as fast as we could. I mean, Texas was a fun place to work. I mean, there's a lot of career opportunities there, but you know, living in, in Birmingham is so much nicer. So I get to bring back some of the things I learned and apply them uh, for our clients at Robbins and Morton now. 
And you mentioned that one of the specialties there is higher education. Can you, you may not have been there when it developed, but can you tell me kind of how that developed and, and how it became a specialty for the company? Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And you're right. I wasn't here when it started. In fact, I was uh, probably still in high school when, uh, when we started in higher ed at Robbins and Morton. And you may know that our company is, was founded 77 years ago. And in the 70s and in the 80s, I would say is when Robbins and Morton really expanded into higher education. We were called Robbins Engineering back then. It's now renamed Robbins and Morton. And I, I think the most significant project was in 1972 as a high school in Northwest Huntsville called the J.O. Johnson High School that we built. And that uh, back in the day, you know, when things were a lot cheaper, that was about a $4 million project, which is probably $28 million in today's numbers. And it, it served a wonderful purpose in the community. And I think it, a few years ago, was converted into the Johnson Legacy Center. So it's a nice place to start. And we, we also did a variety of high school projects in the Birmingham area, uh, Phillips High School, Harper, Huffman, Homewood and Mountain Brook, you know, and quite a few others. So our legacy in, in uh, secondary and higher ed, you know, goes back a long ways. And we're, we're currently working for quite a few higher ed colleges right now. What, what is special about higher education construction, other than the obvious, that each high school is different, each school is right. different? Is there something that, that is particularly special about creating higher education buildings? There really is. I mean, and it, it kind of ties into Robbins and Morton's uh, theme, or sometimes we call it our tagline, which is building with purpose. You know, we, we view higher education, uh, high school and higher education facilities. It's not just a building to build, but it's, it's, it's thinking about the people, the, the, the students that are going to come through those facilities and go on to become leaders and inventors and teachers and business owners. And so it's, it's part of being something, being a part of something bigger than just that project. It's a higher purpose. And one of the most recent renovations you've done, you've, you do new builds and you do renovations to That's schools. Right. One of the most recent ones is at Lawson State Community College. Is that correct? That is correct. That Can is you correct. tell me about the, the history there? Yeah, so that, it's, it's a fun story. And I don't think that we even recognized this when we were first selected for this assignment. But about 60 years ago, Robbins Engineering, the company that is now Robbins & Morton, actually was the general contractor that built the first four buildings on that campus. And it, it used to be called Winona State Junior College back in the day. And actually, I discovered that looking at the nameplate on the outside of Building A, the first the first day of our assignment. And I said, look at that, Robbins Engineering. And so there's actually a picture that was in that article that showed uh, Joseph Alexander and Ricky Wallace, a couple of guys working for me by that nameplate. So so it's, it's special to be able to come back and kind of bring new life, you know, into a, a a set of buildings that have great bones. They were built well, but they're getting a little dated. And so that, that's, that's a little bit about the connection. The project itself was, was federally funded for the most part by the CARES, which is the COVID relief fund. Um, and the, the purpose of the renovation largely was to improve the air quality and reduce transmission of diseases and germs airborne 
you know, in the in these four buildings on the Birmingham campus and on two buildings at the Bessemer campus. And we were able to do a variety of other scopes of work besides the air conditioning improvements to improve the finishes. And it looks like a like a a newly renovated, in some ways looks like a new building. And we're just thrilled that the students and the faculty have such a great place to do college in again. Uh, this may go right back to building with a purpose, but but what does a project like the Lawson State Project mean to Robinson Morton? Yeah, again, I would say that uh, specifically the mission of both Lawson State and just the Alabama Community College system in general, you know, to educate, uh, whether it be workforce development, nursing students, uh, there's a whole variety of curriculum. But I think in today's society, the community college serves a huge purpose, much even higher purpose than what it has in the past. It's an on-ramp for people to prepare for their career, whether it be technical or workforce, and even for construction. I mean, there's a construction department at Lawson State, which we've not really done a renovation for, but we've reached out to them and helped them, and hopefully that will lead to some future employees for Robbins and Morton. Stephen, doing the prep for this interview, uh, one of the terms that came up was construction manager as advisor. Can you explain that a little bit and and tie it into Robinson Morton? Sure. It's uh, it's a term that maybe people aren't as familiar with. So in the construction industry, people are familiar with the term of the general contractor or the builder of a project. Um, that can also be referred to as a construction manager at risk which is just a terminology for the type of contract. And that's different than what we're doing at Lawson State. So construction manager as advisor means that we are working for the university and we're actually overseeing the general contractor that's doing the construction. And so we bring, you know, Robbins and Morton being a very sophisticated construction manager at risk or general contractor, we understand the challenges of that. Whereas the folks at the university, I mean, they're, they're educators. So they brought us in for our expertise to help them select the right contractor through the public bid law process, work with the architect during the design and really oversee the project and, and even help the contractor and the trade partners along the way for a very successful project. Uh, so can you tell me about the other higher education work Robinson Morton has done? I want to hear about every single project. <laughs> well, we were going to be here a while, Alex, if we're going to go through every single project. Uh, I can I can name, you know, several of the universities. I mean, we've, we've done a fair bit of work at Auburn University. We've done a fair bit of work at UAB, uh, at Samford, um, Alabama A&M. And there's a variety of projects at each one of those campuses and institutions that we've done in the state. And uh, outside of the state, we've done uh, we've done some work in uh, South Carolina and Florida at some of their higher ed institutions. So it's it's definitely a significant part of our of our uh, portfolio. We've talked around this a little bit, and again, this may go back to building with a purpose. Um, but what factors have contributed to Robbins and Morton's success? Not only their longevity and and the the numbers of projects in higher education, but to to attain that, you've got to have a degree of success. What what has made them successful? 
Yeah, there's there's several things. And, and as I mentioned earlier, I, I've worked for and even led several other construction companies. And so I, I can contrast and compare different firms. And I think what makes Robbins and Morton so special, particularly in the higher ed uh, market, is several things. One, our technical expertise, you know, higher education and healthcare projects are complicated projects, you know, with tight schedules and, and unique technical requirements. And as builders, you know, we've, we've been, we've done enough of them that we bring that experience from one project to the next. Some are large, some are small, but we, we bring that. Um, that, that's, that's a kind of a starting point in our approach. I mean, building with purpose is, is the theme and, and we have an approach to projects that we call building forward. Which, which has four tenants within it that is, I think, unique and special about Robbins and Morton. And those four tenants within Building Forward are collaboration, continuous improvement, leadership development, and a learning culture. So it's, it's, it's the modern way of, of working as a team, more of a progressive mindset to help everybody succeed and to help everybody grow and with with relationships that are that are collaborative, not confrontational. And I think that approach, particularly in higher ed and in healthcare, it makes a big difference because there's a lot of people, whether whether it's a hospital, whether it's higher ed, again, they're not they're not uh, construction people. They may have a facility director, but for the most part, you're dealing with user groups and department heads and to be able to really understand their needs and to communicate clearly to them the progress and to be sure that the building ultimately is built to the standards that they need of excellence is what we bring. So in addition to those factors, Steve, y'all are recognized for giving your clients a lot of value for their money, right? Well, we try hard to do that and and we, we actually keep track of how we do that. And so for, uh, for the community college system, largely with Lawson, also on a couple other projects, uh, we, the chief facilities officer for the system has told us that the costs per square foot that we're delivering projects are lower than they've seen in recent years. And with the inflation like it's been, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to them. And so as a result, They've asked us to bring our same pre-construction and uh, outreach to contractors and our construction management approach to uh, five or six other campuses so we can bring those same benefits to those other schools. And, and with as much as we believe in the mission of the community colleges and we know that their funding is limited, we really uh, are, are satisfied and, and uh, feel like we're making a difference to be able to help them get more facilities for the limited budgets they have. And Steve, I assume these projects have evolved over the years, not only with with teaching styles and how classrooms are set up, but safety and and healthcare. I mean, I'm thinking of the pandemic. Are you doing different right. things with, with buildings because of the pandemic? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, we, we've had to. I mean, fortunately, you know, the pandemic hopefully is largely in the rearview mirror and we're not dealing with with a big outbreak of covid going forward but but during that time you know there was it went beyond the the OSHA safety standards you know preventing injuries to to health and hygiene 
from preventing contamination and spreading of germs. And so some of that were some of those challenges probably reduced our productivity because of, you know, masks and things that made it more difficult to communicate. But on the other hand, I think we learned that we could be more productive uh, using some of those collaborative methods uh, that helped us going forward. And and I I think the the other thing, it's a little different than your question, but I think it's, it's, it's on point. The, the busy construction industry right now and the supply chain challenges, it's not pandemic related, but it is a, a big challenge for the construction industry. And so we've had to shift and do things differently to deal with that. And I can give you a couple examples sure. if, if you'd be interested. So, so on one point with the construction industry, as busy as it is, whether we're working as a general contractor or a construction manager advisor, finding contractors or trade contractors that are interested in working on our projects is difficult because they're all, they're all super busy. So we've actually brought our marketing team into our pre-construction phase of the project to do a special outreach to attract more and better contractors and trade contractors to work for us, which results in a better project and normally a lower price because you've got more competition bringing into that. And then the supply chain, uh, I mean, it, it can take over a year from the time you place an order for a generator or for uh, a big part of an air conditioning system called an air cooler, an air cooled chiller. Uh, and, and so when you place an order today, you know, it's going to be a year or more before that arrives, you've got to resequence your construction or even delay your construction you know, so that you don't have people standing around. So we've gotten very advanced at expediting deliveries and pre-purchasing some of those items so that it doesn't affect the schedule for our owners. So Steve, those chillers at Lawson State, can you talk more about them? Yes, I'd like to actually. That that became quite a problem and we had to come up with a unique solution to that. So Alec, I mentioned earlier that you know, the supply chain is crazy these days, and, and you can see more than a year delivery time. So these chillers were initially quoted to be, if I remember right, about a 40-week delivery time. And as the project went on, we were hearing from the, the manufacturer that that was going to be extended three, four, maybe even five months beyond the 40 weeks. And that's a problem because this is a federally funded project, had to be finished by a certain amount of time so that there wasn't any financial penalties. And so we got very involved with the manufacturer. I'm not going to mention their name just to keep it generic. And uh, and what we found is that the local reps, they didn't even know what was going on in their own factories. So I worked my way all the way up the food chain to the plant manager who happened to be out uh, west. And I actually went out there and visited the factory and met with them, toured the factory and explained the criticality of this federal funding requirement for the schedule. And as a result of those efforts, they were able to shift and make a higher priority of this delivery. And it was actually delivered a month earlier than the original purchase order and about five months earlier than what they were projecting, which means the college got to use the 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 renovation work a whole semester earlier as a result. So that was huge. Piggybacking just a little bit on what you were talking about with the pandemic, 
What about the buildings themselves? Have they changed over the years because of safety concerns and health concerns? Do, do, do moments like that affect what you all are building? Yeah, I, I do think so. I mean, I, I think, in fact, going back to Lawson State, I mean, with it being a federally funded because of the CARES Act, I mean, the type of efficiency and the air changes and the, and the filtering that's going on to, to prevent the spread of, of diseases, I mean, that now has become standard. And that's going to continue to evolve, I think, to become uh, more more required across the board in building codes and especially on uh, on government projects. Uh, and I think the design, the architects, you know, are dealing with this in their space planning, you know, so that there is space for people to to not be confined together so that it, it's, it's right. a little different modern layout. You see more open floor plans uh, as well. So what about the future? Are you a fortune teller? Can you talk about what <laughs> what the next few years hold for Robbins and Morton and maybe for higher education and construction? Well, my... Uh, my crystal ball is a little foggy, but I'll see if I can uh, if I can help a little bit. I mean, I, I think that there's there's frankly there's there's quite a few unknowns about the future. I mean, here we are with with hopefully what doesn't become World War III developing and the supply chain issues like I was talking about. So uh, costs are uh, inflation was kind of running running wild. That's slowed down. It's a little bit more normal now. So we're we're looking forward. To the economy and to within higher ed, healthcare, and other industries, um, to try to bring predictability and confidence, you know, to our owners who, who make a big investment, maybe once every ten or twenty years, and they want a predictable outcome. They want to know how much it's going to cost when it starts. When's it going to be finished? And so we're, we're using almost artificial intelligence type processes to 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 look forward to what's coming and we're using technology to improve productivity so that we can do everything on our side, you know, to make these projects uh, quicker and cheaper and, uh, and of higher quality. Well, Steve, I like to end these conversations with a group of questions called business casual, which for the most part allows you to talk about what you're reading, what you're writing, what you're watching, what you're listening to. Um, are you a movie goer? Can you talk about the last movie or two you saw? Yeah, we're, my wife and I, we've actually got sort of a media room at our house. So we're more movie stayers than movie goers. And uh, so we don't watch every new movie, but a, a few that we've watched recently, uh, Top Gun Maverick came out a while ago, and that's not brand new, but that was a better movie than I was expecting, frankly. That, that was very uh, emotional as well as, uh, you know, adventurous and and I personally like to watch things, you know, like the Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan movies, things like that. That would be some of my choices. Uh, do you listen to podcasts? What are you What are you listening to these days? I do. I do. In fact, uh, I haven't listened to as many of yours as I should, but I I did listen. Uh, Mark Pettis from uh, Highlands College. My wife and I attend Church of the Highlands. So I listened to the podcast you did with Mark a few weeks ago recently. That was a nice podcast. Yeah. And I like, I personally, uh, I also have a passion for, for the health and wellness industry and uh, Ben Greenfield and Dave Asprey are a couple guys that have good podcasts just about the trends and uh, ways to boost, you know, our immune systems and things. So I listen to some of those. What about books? Are you a reader? 
I am a reader and uh, a couple books, uh, one that I'm currently reading, one that I finished not too long ago, and they're, they're very different books. Um, and they're, I guess they're business or sort of leadership related a little bit, but one book is called Millennial Boom. And it is a book that talks about the differences between the millennials and the baby boomers, the two generations and how they collaborate together, you know, in life, at work. And, you know, there's sort of a changing of the guard going on, you know, in, in, in most companies. And I'm trying to, I've got a passion for helping to bring, you know, the next group of leaders up. And so that the millennial boom actually became required reading for the leadership team at Robbins and Morton mm -hmm. after I brought that on. And, and I'm rereading a book that I've probably been through 10 times. It's an old book, but I like to remind myself it's the seven habits of highly effective people. Yeah. So. An old chestnut there. It's an old chestnut. Yeah. Uh, what about TV series? Are you a binger? Have you, uh, do you watch uh, Amazon Prime at all? Counterpart is, it's a recorded series, obviously, but it's a, it's a very intriguing sort of a sci-fi uh, series. Uh, J.K. Simmons is the, is the lead actor, and it's about a parallel reality. So there's, there's two versions of him, <clears throat> one on the other side and one on this side, and they're kind of living lives in parallel. And once you watch a couple of those episodes, I'm not normally a binger, but I couldn't stop watching that. That was quite interesting. I'm putting it on my list as, as we speak. Um, and finally, what is some of the best advice you've been given over the years? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great question. And, and I thought about that a little bit. And I think what I came to, it's, it's uh, actually, it's, it's a, a verse in the Bible, but I'll apply it. So it, and it says, don't conform to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And to me, what that means is don't accept mediocrity. Always look for a better way to add value to society, to help people. And, you know, my parents lived that out for me. And, and I think I'm just trying to make the world a better place, not just accept it as it is. And there's plenty to do along those lines <laughs> these days. Well, Steve, I can't thank you enough for joining me on the podcast today. This has been great. Alec, thank you. I enjoyed it very much. My thanks to Steve Olson of Robbins and Morton and to you, the listener, for joining me today on the Business Alabama podcast. Until next time, this is Alec Harvey. Find more from Business Alabama in our monthly magazine and online at businessalabama.com.